All right, subtle flex. Being able to binge watch 30 episodes in two days. Yeah, that's me. Hey guys, welcome back to Talk K-Pop to Me. I'm Angie, and like last week, I will also be inserting a mini plug for a new show that I'm watching on Netflix. But this time, it's not a K-drama, it's an anime. So I'm currently watching Haikyuu. I'm on season 2, I believe like episode 11 or 12, and this show is just crazy good. I don't even know if I can capture the full essence of Haikyuu, but what I can say is that it has really good themes like friendship, teamwork, determination, perseverance. There's also an underdog message, which I think is a really great message for the audience because I personally believe that every single person in this world has the ability of being an underdog. If you work really hard, you are able to rise to the occasion, you can achieve your goals, you can succeed, and especially since it's a sport anime, it's just very realistic. This anime is also very well produced in terms of the animation, but for this one, it's like the action shots are so intense. It feels like you're actually being transported into the gym and playing volleyball alongside with them. The CGI is great. Each character is drawn so beautifully. You can see every single facial expression, facial feature, their quirks. The show does a really good job of providing backstories for some of the characters, and no character is insignificant in this show. It's just very inspirational and I think you should definitely check out Haikyuu because I used to have this stigma that I thought, you know, sport animes would be really boring or uninteresting. I didn't think there would be a plot if it's just game, 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 practice, practice, practice every episode. But little did I know that even if I'm an unathletic person, I'm uncoordinated, I would still be able to gain value from a show about high school teams playing volleyball or tennis or swimming or baseball. There's lots of animes out there that deal with um, a specific sport and they're super famous as well. So definitely check this out because I need more friends to obsess about Haikyuu with. Um, my favorite character, in case you guys were wondering, is Oikawa, and yes, I know he's a little shit, but so am I, so it's totally fine. I feel like now I'm inspired to go and create my own team of volleyball players and just sign up for like a local tournament and like win the championship, and this show has just ignited that fire inside me even if I don't have the hand-eye coordination to be able to make that dream realistic. So check it out, leave me an anchor message, let me know what you guys think of the show, and I will dive into the real meat, the entree of today's episode, where I will be introducing three new K-pop guy groups and the reason that I've put these groups together is because they all have at least one Chinese member in them. And we love that. We love diversity. It's so interesting to see idols from other countries speak Korean so fluently, be able to immerse themselves within the Korean culture. And, 
you know, that's also one of my personal goals is to be able to become fluent in Korean, uh, maybe travel to Korea and be able to live there for a period of time. So obviously I'm still learning and my pronunciation isn't that great from what you guys can tell in the little samples that I provide. But if there's anything that I've learned from K-pop, from Haikyuu, it's that practice makes perfect. So with that in mind, let's jump right in and get this bread. Okay, so the first song that we'll talk about today is Love Talk by Wavy. Ooh, is it just me or is it really getting hot in here? Because let me tell you, this song is definitely not an innocent one. Wavy really be out here seducing us left and right. And man, these lyrics like, hello, kind sirs, there are children listening to you. But before we get into the spicy parts, I think we should get to know the group and the members first. So Wavy is actually a subunit of NCT, which is a huge group under SM Entertainment. I won't go into too much detail about NCT, but basically their entire concept is this idea that they're a group made up of infinite members with multiple subunits, and Wavy is one of them, and managed under SM's China label counterpart. Wavy specifically targets the Chinese audience by creating songs in Chinese and English, and they only promote in China. The Wavy members are Quinn, Ten, Yunyun, Lucas, Xiaojun, Hendry, and Yang Yang. They debuted at the beginning of 2019, and Wavy is definitely an interesting concept because most of them are originally from China or Taiwan or Hong Kong. So even though they are being managed overall by a Korean entertainment agency and pretty well known in Korea, they're not technically categorized under K-pop because they don't speak Korean in their songs. But I personally wouldn't categorize them as C-pop either, just because I feel like their music style and origins are Korean and they are an overseas group. Therefore, I feel like they're kind of this like hybrid genre, if you will, or middle ground between both K-pop and C-pop. So I'll start off with the music video. There's not a lot of plot there for me. I personally really like when music videos tell a story, and I don't really get that from Love Talk. However, I do think that the simple layout, the white clothes, it all comes off as very clean and pure. Like the color white is often associated with pureness and vulnerability. The song itself isn't pure or innocent by any means, but I think the lyrics do give off a desperation and vulnerability that's associated with being so like head over heels for someone, that you're in a trance whenever you see them, or like you'd give anything to be with them for just one night. And the music video also does this thing where it focuses primarily on one member singing at a time, and they're pretty much the main focal point, usually placed in the foreground of the frame. But then in the background, kind of blurry and out of focus, you usually see like one or two other wavy members and they're either singing the backup vocals or adding ad-libs or 
eventually the camera will shift to them afterwards to sing the next couple lines. And I do think this is a very unique artistic feature because I've never seen this used in another K-pop video. And I do think that it also gives the video like a slight edge. Like at least it's something more than just shots of the members. And I think this makes the video less boring because in a way that kind of detail, that um, camera work, it creates action and movements from more than just like one member to the next, but also creates like a storyline moving from beginning to middle to end. Now, the music itself is very seductive. Um, it's stripped down, not as poppy or upbeat, like fast tempo that you'd usually associate with traditional pop. It's obviously a love song too, given the title and how it contains the word love in it. And um, it's... But it's not like the type of fairy tale romance that, you know, like rom-com, sweep you off your feet. It's, it's more like dark, shallow love, like infatuation. And this is where I'm going to split the review into two separate sections. One for the English version of the song and one for the Chinese version. And the reason that I want to do this and address both versions is because even though the song is the same, like the music backing is the same and I'm assuming the choreography is the same, although I haven't seen any live performances and I think there's only one music video, but the versions are actually not direct translations and because of that, they present two different stories, which essentially makes it come off as two completely different songs. And I'm going to start with the English version first because I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. When you listen to the lyrics, it's really about seeing a stranger for the first time and just being instantly physically attracted to them. And more specifically, it's about a stranger who's a foreigner to your country. So even though you might not speak the same language, when it comes down to physical attraction, you, you really don't need words. You know, you can just like rely on body language, eye contact, which in this case is pretty much suggesting that both parties are indeed interested. Baby, we two distant strangers, I know you don't speak my language, but I love the way she's talking to me. The picture I think of is the moment when you see someone from across the club or across the bar that you find really hot and you just like make eye contact and acknowledge that there's sexual attraction and mutual desire there. I can hear it calling from where you are, loving the way you want to talk. Touch me, tease me, fill me up. Touch me, tease me, fill me up. Call me when it's after dark. Something in the way you want to talk. Touch me, tease me, fill me up. Touch me, tease me, fill me up. Ooh, tell me, babe, tell me how you like it, babe. I don't even know your name. I love the way you're talking to me. And this is essentially the moment that's being captured by the song. And I think because it is mostly R&B infused with some trap and some Latin elements, you get this very smooth, very groovy, like mid-tempo song that's also able to pull off the kind of sexy, teasing nature that the English version is striving for. But I feel like if you listen very closely to the beats, um, from the very start of the song to the end, it's very static. There aren't 
many dynamics or changes. It's pretty much very consistent, kind of just um, floating within the same range, like not really going anywhere. And I definitely might be reading too much into this, but even when I listen to the English version, I feel like there's more to the song than just pure infatuation. Like, I feel like the song gives off some sad vibes, and here's why I think this. Um, if you imagine being in a purely physical relationship with someone, like a regular hookup or a booty call type of relationship where you're starting to get emotionally invested, but the other person isn't, or they just don't want to get attached and they might be in a loveless relationship with someone else or dealing with a lot of stuff in their lives and the only way to get rid of the stress of everyday life is by sleeping with you which in retrospect it's high-key toxic <laughs> like this is definitely not a good way to deal with your emotions your problems so definitely do not recommend anyone take this course of action because in the end you're really hurting the other person and you're also hurting yourself. But see, I feel like if you're in this kind of situation, you're feeling very vulnerable, very desperate, and that's definitely conveyed throughout the song. And it's actually really sad if you think about it in the sense that you're continuously pining after someone who you might share a physical connection with. And in the beginning, you know, that's great and everything, and you might think that's all you need. But once you begin wanting more, you might not ever get that emotional connection. So now when we bring the same lines from earlier, and then the Chinese version, they switch the words a little bit. So, baby, we're from two different worlds. Um, we might not speak the same language, but I love the way she's talking to me. And it could honestly just be as simple as a one-night stand, but... What if both people are at different places in the relationship and not on the same page? Which suggests that, metaphorically speaking, they're in different worlds, they're speaking different languages, but the member that's singing is already satisfied with whatever he can get, because at least he's still able to be with her in some way. And then when you continue listening to the Chinese version, the lyrics give us more context into the emotional pining, the emotional conflict and damage that's present. And you seem to still hesitate, scared of rushing. Will this hurt your guarded heart? Like, maybe the other person has been hurt before, which is why they're only in this relationship purely for the physicality aspects and not the emotional aspect. And then another lyric, release the passcode in your heart. Like, what is the secret to winning not just your body, but your heart too? And then finally, at night, when loneliness calls, guard your dreams, don't let it overwhelm you. So this is referring back to even when you feel alone or you have burdens, you don't want to share that with another person. Like, you don't want to open up because once you open up, then you just become attached and then you just get overwhelmed. The next couple of lines, they really show desire for more than just a hookup like you want to be the counterpart that sweeps you off your feet the person you yearn for the person who takes away the sadness and pain in your life the colors in your dreams is there space for my name to write yearning in your expression 
In your romance novel, is there my presence to turn your sorrow into beauty? Ooh, tell me, babe, 在你梦的颜色里，是否投下我的名，把想念写在你的表情？ Ooh, tell me, babe, 在你爱的小说里，是否留下我的影，把忧郁变成你的美丽？ And that's also why I feel like the Chinese version fits the music video better. Because yes, like I get it. When you watch the music video, the wavy members are seen shirtless and they're posing with the camera. And then when you zoom closer, I really don't think that their facial expressions are like dripping with sex appeal. I think they look more exposed and vulnerable, which is why I feel like when I'm listening to the English version, however raunchy and suggestive the lyrics seem. It's like missing something. It's not grasping the full concept that the Chinese version of the song does. And every time when the chorus comes in, we hear like glass shattering or breaking, and I feel like that further strengthens the point of emotional fragility, instability of a toxic relationship, and. It explains how "quote unquote" love can be defined in multiple ways, and then when you let it talk or control your life, run its course, it could lead to both good outcomes, which is what we want, or in this case, disastrous consequences. So, this is pretty much my take and theory of love talk, and you know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Wavy just wanted to release something sensuous, provocative, because why not? Like, we all know K-pop fans are pretty thirsty, and they're just feeding their fans. And that's what a lot of songs on the radio are about these days. They're just giving the people what they want. But maybe, just maybe, the song goes a bit deeper. But regardless, I think it's a very cool song, easy to get the melody stuck in your head, and you guys should definitely check it out. Next up, we have Got Seven with Niga Pudinen Nae Idam. You calling my name? Hearing the name Got Seven is kind of a bittersweet feeling because I know they have lots of talent. The members are so talented. They have strong vocalists and very unique rapper voices. Such great TV personalities, great reality show presence, super funny, down to earth guys. Even like crackhead material, and that's like everything you would want in a K-pop group, pretty much. That stays humble and grounded, even though they become famous. But the only issue, and lots of Got Seven fans are salty about this, is the fact that they're under JYP Entertainment, and JYP unfortunately is not promoting Got Seven, and by not. Promoting, they're not prioritizing, and basically ignoring the group's existence, and just not marketing them correctly at all. And it makes me very sad because I was super into Got Seven like around um, 2016, 2017, and they had so many great songs even from before. But after that, and really once Twice blew up, they kind of just disappeared off the face of the world. And every so often. You know, I'd see them show up at a music show, maybe like perform, but it's pretty rare. It's almost like JYP just left them in the dust and forgot about them. And the only thing keeping them afloat and continuously putting their name out there is essentially the members themselves. So, GOT7 is a seven-member group 
consisting of JB, Mark, Jackson, Jinyoung, Youngjae, Bam Bam, and Yukyum. And I've had the chance to listen to their discography and see how their style of music has evolved over time, and I feel like they've really come so far. You know, they used to be this group of punks who kind of showed off their breakdancing and enjoyed attracting like female attention in their songs and sang about that, but over time they became a bit more edgy, angsty, and then recently they've really grown older. Their looks have matured and their sound has matured. Especially with You Calling My Name, when you watch the music video, you can really see how GOT7 are now adults, full-grown men, and singing songs that may touch upon a little more sophisticated, more developed concepts. So with this song, it's also a sexy little number. Not as much of playing with physical attraction and the desire to be with someone like we experienced with Love Talk, but the mid-tempo R&B and light percussion, some funk-inspired beats, synth-like staccato here and there, it gives us a similar seductive vibe. But I feel like with GOT7, it's more wistful, more sorrowful, apologetic. So JB opens with, I who made you cry, I hated myself, leaving only scars, I resented my mistakes. Now without you, my name lost its meaning. Please call it again. And this pretty much sets the mood for the song. That longing, that yearning, that regret. And I think the song has an interesting balance between this melancholic melody from the vocalist with the more solemn and serious rap verses. But the rapping doesn't go hard like it usually does with GOT7 songs. It's, it's like lyrical rapping where you have to balance between straight up like spitting fire, like speaking the words, and then singing. And having the vocal ad-libs kind of come in at the end of each line in the rap verses further supplements this type of stitching and coming together of all the verses. And I think the chorus is probably the most memorable part of the song. Please give me one more chance. It's very light, very delicate. It gives me the feeling of like you're walking on eggshells because the situation itself is so delicate, so fragile. And in terms of the lyrics, the song definitely has hints of regret, hints of shame. So when we loosely translate the chorus to English, the words are, The sound of you calling for my name, I want to hear it, your voice. I didn't know how much I'd miss you. Please come back. Please give me one more chance. So essentially, it's a breakup song, but you want the other person back because you want to hear them calling your name again. Like they've walked out of your life and you realize what a terrible mistake you've made and you want them back in. But in terms of the dynamics of the song, it pretty much also stays consistently within the same musical range. There really isn't a music buildup or a strong bass beat drop kind of thing. 
And I think what's special is the pairing of smooth, legato-like verses with a chorus that's very short, very choppy, very staccato notes. And this helps bring some kind of a structure to the song so that there's still a clear separation between what the song considers a verse to be and what the chorus ends up being. I think with this song, the focus of the music video is more on the members and showcasing their individual features and their talents, whether it's like singing or rapping versus creating a plot, a story, and making the music video super complicated. So there's not really a whole lot going on. But I will say that when you look at their outfits in the music video, it's it's like very simple black and wine red, like a burgundy color um, suits. And the only thing I think of when I see them dancing with these fits is that it just screams suave. And their moves are also very smooth, cool, collected. And I think the most impressive part of the choreo is probably the beginning where JB is on the ground and he's spinning his body in a wheel by using the other member's feet as places to push so that he's able to do the spin. And all the while he's moving and spinning, he's still singing and his voice is very stable. So that's like pretty impressive. And another really cool move is when Jackson starts rapping and he does like this, he like leans on a member to help get that momentum going. And then he does this kind of like mid-air spin where he like eventually drops to the ground. And I just feel like that takes a lot of strength and endurance, like especially like upper body strength, but also like my man's really be showing off them fencing skills here, making good use of those flips I guess and the rest of the choreography just continue emulating this like tempting suave nature of the song but the movements are pretty small like sharp controlled movements like for example there's the finger to the lips using both hands to like smooth the hair back the hand gently tapping down and moving down a raised thigh it's definitely giving off sexy vibes but at the same time it's it's kind of like sad, like restrained, like you're afraid to make large gestures. You're afraid of scaring the other person away even more when you're trying to win them back. So I think a lot of older GOT7 songs are very EDM based, like heavy hip hop. Um, there's some trap influence. And these songs usually showcase the rapper's abilities. Like they definitely play up to the rapper's skills. But every once in a while, we either get a track on an album or like an entire album concept that's a little more lyrical and definitely created to show off GOT7's softer side and showcasing the strengths of the vocalists. Because I do think that in the K-pop industry, GOT7's vocalists are probably some of the strongest vocals. And... When I say that GOT7 is showing off their softer side, it's not soft to the point where we lose sight of who GOT7 is. It's definitely a compromise between soft and masculinity. Like, they're still able to keep that cool, sexy nature. And I think You Calling My Name is a great representation of GOT7's versatility and well-rounded style. To be honest, like, I didn't really listen to this song a lot, um, 
my cousin recommended this song to me and after just like listening to it once or twice like the melody of the chorus just instantly got stuck to my head and it's very it's it's not heavy music backing it's a lot of just like um like a guitar like percussion it's very simple but because it's kind of like echoey almost like synth like it creates this like unforgettable more memorable feeling attached to it so that that's the reason why it's easy to get stuck in your head and it's easy to remember when you hear it and the last thing i want to say is that we should all rise up and support got seven because if their company if jyp doesn't have their backs then at least we do right And finally, our last group today is Seventeen with their track, Home. Despite their name, Seventeen actually has 13 members, and they're under the agency Pledis Entertainment. So first off, just to give context behind the origins of their name, Seventeen was originally supposed to have 17 members, but they were going to debut under a different group name as part of their own reality TV series called Seventeen TV. So this is back when they were trainees and there were 17 of them and it's a show that kind of looks into what their daily lives are like. However, some members left the group and the remaining 13 members actually really liked the name 17 because it brought back a lot of memories and decided to keep it while currently they're justifying it as 13 members plus 3 subunits plus 1 team and if you add those numbers all together it gets 17. So the members are S. Coops, Changhan, Joshua, Jun, Hoshi, Wamu, Wuji, DK, or Dokyum, Mingyu, T8, Sungkwan, Burnin, and Dino. I believe within the K pop industry, 17 is on the higher end in terms of the number of members they have within their group, and that's already quite the challenge in itself. Whether that's in terms of distributing lines, to choreographing dances, to being able to execute those performances and have everybody in sync, it's really impressive to see just how synchronized Seventeen is. You know, every flip, every spin, every jump, at least from what I've seen their live performances online, you just never catch them really slacking. I've also watched a couple episodes of their reality series where they play games for their fans, for example, like Mafia, and they seem to have really great personalities all around. You can really see just how close their bond is with each other, how comfortable they are to be able to joke around and clown each other, and they're probably one of the funniest K-pop groups that I've watched, and something as seemingly insignificant as your on-screen presence or charisma, that can really help your group attract and appeal to the right audience, because outside of all that glitz and glamour, it makes you seem very approachable, very fun, and honestly just a bunch of normal guys hanging out. So this particular song, Home, is probably my favorite song from Seventeen. It appears on their sixth mini-album, You Made My Dawn, as the second track, but it was also released as a single by itself in 2019. Usually when you think of Seventeen, you think of their other songs that fit more with this hardcore party vibe with beat drops and a lot of fanfare, accompanied with the image of just a bunch of rowdy guys living life, having fun, really partying it up, kind of like a frat. 
but home is different. It deviates from that typical upbeat, lively 17 tracks that they're known for, and that's also one of the reasons why the song stood out to me from the very first time that I listened to it. The music video is so aesthetically pleasing to watch, and the music also seems to emulate that same aesthetic. It's hard to explain, but each verse, and especially the chorus, is so beautifully written, it generates this really warm, fuzzy feeling for the listener, but also hints at sentimentality and reminiscence. They're playing with this idea of what a home is and how it doesn't have to be a physical location. Home is where the heart is, and my heart happens to be with you. Let me be your home. This is a very powerful topic, one that's truly heartwarming, reliant, vulnerable, and the lighter instrumentals that eventually explode and come to a climax at the chorus, where they echo the words home, 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 really help bring this idea to life. This song is, um, I would say it's the perfect fusion of R&B and urban or future bass. And if you don't know what future bass is, I'm just going to read you the word-for-word -word definition from good old Wikipedia. So... Future bass is a type of electronic dance music or EDM that takes the ecstatic drops of dubstep or trap but provides a warm bounce rather than a lumbering bruteness. And I do feel like a good amount of K-pop songs are part of this fusion category because they contain that emotional, um, the dynamics of ballads combined with the edginess and hard-hitting beats from a club or rave song. So the music video starts off with individual shots of the members in different locations like a beach, a room filled with books or chairs, in a hotel, a house, a gym. Again, this brings back the idea that home to someone could imply different places on the most basic level. What I like about this is each of these settings are so calming. The background is illuminated with more cool and neutral colors like blues, the grays, the browns, and it gives off this toned down but serene vibe. And we see that Seventeen literally takes us through all these locations as the song continues on and the camera shifts so that we get to see the group from unique angles and perspectives. And this reminds me of the camera work in BTS's Save Me that I talked about in episode 2 and earlier Wavy's Love Talk where it transitions from one member to the next, either zooming in and out, or very slow progressions from left to right, right to left. It's almost like you are the director holding the camera and filming them, so it seems like we are actively engaging with the members, with the video. And something interesting I've noticed is that every time the chorus hits, we see a lot of doors. I'm wondering if this is supposed to be some type of metaphor or a symbol. Like, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about coming home is the idea of unlocking a front door. So maybe Seventeen is telling us that they want us to open the door that eventually leads to them. And this particular song has such lovely lyrics and something I forgot to mention is that Seventeen prides themselves on being a self-producing group as well. So many of the members contribute to coming up with the idea of the song conception, writing the lyrics, creating the sounds, and really putting it all together. And I find that a lot of self-producing groups end up writing lyrics that really tug on people's heartstrings, or they're really able to convey personal emotions 
that are really strong and just hit different. The first couple of lines opening this song are What can I do? Without you, I'm just an old robot. My heart stops and it's always cold. I really enjoy the choreography during this part because we have the members in their signature um, diamond, carrot, pyramid formation and the movements are very, very subtle. In fact, I believe you really notice Joshua and Jonghan and it's almost like Joshua is the puppeteer and Jonghan is the marionette. And it makes sense because they're the ones singing, but they're, you're also kind of moving or living life emotionlessly like a robot. And then leading to the pre-chorus, the lyrics are, tell me you're mine, tell me I'm yours, talk to me from inside, I'm struggling within you, suddenly afraid. Tell me I know, tell me I know, 말좀 해줘, 내 안에서, 나내 마음 안에서, 바보 눈치고 있어, 덜꺼꺼비 나는걸. There's that fear, that worry, that all good things will end, that vulnerability of needing some kind of assurance that we're set on each other. And at this point in the choreo, the members are doing three complete uh, 360 turns. And I think it's trying to convey this all-consuming dizziness and just being wrapped up in so much uncertainty, um, uneasiness, ambiguity. And the chorus hits with the same opening line, what can I do without you? My heart has no home to be at ease. I am empty for you within. Things might seem hard, but I'll always be standing here for you. So don't think too much and take it easy. I think this might be one of my favorite parts in the song just because the first chorus hits with Wuji, DK, Sungkwan and they're the main vocalists of Seventeen with such high ranges so that the lines travel pretty far and you can really hear the passion and the pain in their voices. But when the chorus hits a second time later, Wan Wu, whose vocal range is lower, sings this part and it has a different effect. It's very refreshing because we don't expect the range to go down so low and his voice is so delicate that you can hear the loneliness, the fear conveyed throughout his part. And what ties it all together is the fact that Every time the music drops, Seventeen's choreo also imitates that drop, with their arms falling midway and stopping very abruptly. And then afterwards, the most memorable part is the post-chorus. Cause I'm your home, 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 home. Cause I'm your home, 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 home. Cause I'm your home, 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 home. I'm your home, like trust in me, rely on me, give yourself to me, be comfortable and safe with me. And even though the words are the same throughout the three lines, the notes on the word home are different each time. For example, the first line is rising, it's progressing, whereas the second line is static because that is essentially the peak. And in the dance, the members are creating a triangle roof-like shape with their hands slowly going upwards, which signifies like the roof is the highest point of a house. And then the last line, it's all coming back down. 
And finally, the last two lines of the post-chorus are the same. They're repeating, I can be a place where you can cry. And then one more memorable part is the rap in verse 2. The lyrics are, It's still cold outside, the tip of my nose is tingly. Though we're far away, the memories bring us closer. If your heart has a hole, I'll cover it with my hands. Even if your hands are empty, give them to me so I can fill them up. And this essentially is the main theme for the song. It gives off that feeling of being with loved ones and really experiencing the love, the warmth, even when it might be physically cold outside, like in the winter. And that's what the purpose of a home is for. It's the heart of a family, where you feel the safest with people that you love, that you care for, and you're really willing to do whatever it takes to make them happy, to make them feel the same way that you are feeling. And I love the effect that this song gives listeners. It's definitely another comfort song. I listened to it a lot when I was feeling homesick, especially once I left college, where it was essentially my home for four years, and then moved to a new city where I had to start over, make new friends, find new outlets. And I think Seventeen created this song for their fans as a way to kind of tell them that, you know, like, however difficult life gets, they know that they can always find comfort, that reassurance, that love from Seventeen. And in a way, it works the same way for the members themselves. Like, the members may experience hardships individually, and the group isn't forever. Like, eventually, all K-pop groups disband and they go their own ways. But they can remember back to this immediate moment, to this song where they were together, where they found each other, and where they made each other their home. So I think this song has really the entire package of what I usually look for in songs in terms of aesthetics, to meaningful choreo, to emotional lyrics. And I do believe that this is one of Seventeen's greatest hits, and it's one of the first songs that I recommend to anyone who wants to know more about Seventeen's capabilities, their range, their different music styles and genres. So please go listen, and maybe this song will just be that something that you need to comfort you um, and remind you of the fact that you can find a home wherever you are as long as you're with the people you love and who make you feel happy and full. Alright, so this was a pretty long episode, so if you guys made it this far, congratulations. Thanks for bearing with me, and I think the reason why this episode is a bit longer than I intended is because the first song, Love Talk by Way V, is essentially two songs embedded into one, and I didn't want to present only one version for you guys. I wanted to give my perspective on both because that wouldn't do the song justice if I only gave you half the story. And then much throughout my K-pop career, I listened to a lot of GOT7, a lot of Seventeen, so both You Calling My Name and Home are pretty special just because I've been with the groups for quite a long time, seeing how they've evolved throughout the years and how they've reached this sense of maturity. All in all, I think these three songs do a great job of targeting the stereotype that full-grown men should not show any emotions, they should not cry or show vulnerability because it makes them weak, it makes them soft, and then soft is often associated with a negative connotation. But I think that's definitely not 
a good way of teaching young children that you need to hide your emotions, your feelings, because eventually over time, if you continuously do that, you let them fester, you let them build up, and then when it reaches that point where they will implode, you might not have a good outlet or good resources for you to be able to um, effectively deal with your emotions. So definitely when you see these full-grown male k-pop idols singing songs that touch more on the feminine side or touch more on this soft vulnerability i think it's great because they do not come off as weak they do not come off as not masculine in fact it's the opposite they seem even stronger because they're able to create such personal lyrics such meaningful songs that remain memorable to their fans and it's also a great way for fans to connect with their idols and be able to sense the exact emotions, the exact sentiments that they're feeling at that moment. But that's pretty much all I have today. Thanks again for dropping in. Please support all the artists mentioned not only today but in the previous episodes as well because these k-pop idols work really hard to continuously generate content for their fans and so that people like me who have decided to make k-pop their hobby their lifestyle have stuff to talk about so until we meet again stay safe out there and i'll see you guys soon bye